word. Hello and welcome back to Explicitly Us. Fun, friendly and good for the whole family. It's sure to put a smile on your face. So get ready all the way from Table 19 Studios, your hosts Andy and Trista. Trista, it's hot out there. Extremely. But I thank God for this brand new air conditioner. That's right. This is helping me spiritually today. We have one cold room. One cold room in the whole house. I got my sweater on. That's right. This is the only time you'll ever wear a sweater in Puerto Rico in your cold room. But hey, it feels good. We actually had to turn it up a little bit last night. It was getting too chilly. Turn it up or turn it down? Well, we turned it down first and then I turned it back up in the middle of the night. He turned it down. Well, we have some special guests with us today. And it's been a while since we've had... I want to say guest again, but visitors with us and good. I'm going to call you good friends, even though we're not as close as I'd like to be with you all. I know Trista feels the same way, but we're going to call you good friends because Trista, one thing about this, this family is when you meet them, for one, I can sympathize when people might say they meet this family, they might say you experience this family. You don't meet them, you experience them. And I, that's how I feel. Well, that's how people have said about me. You yes. experience Andy. And sometimes it's a compliment and sometimes <laughs> it's not, right? You know what, you know, how it, but I will say with this, with this particular family that's visiting with us today, uh, you cannot meet them and not feel like you're not lifelong friends. And it's so funny because in this day and age, I keep up with you all on Instagram. So I feel like I know like all about your lives and what's going on, yeah. even though I haven't actually had a conversation with you in years. So. <laughs> yeah. So here, here with us today, let me introduce you all. This is the Dignan family. We got two out of the six, two out of six. And uh, this is Randy and Janelle. And Randy's a pastor in Missouri, uh, Jefferson City. Jack, Jefferson or Jackson? Jefferson, Jefferson City. And uh, wonderful pastor over there. And uh, Janelle writes all of his messages. You know you know the joke, how it goes. And so we got Randy and Janelle. Today, we're going to do something a little bit different, Randy, because you're, you're probably very used to being called by your respected title of pastor and brother Randy. I'm just going to call you all Randy and Janelle today, and we'll be a little bit more comfortable with that. And so it's good to have you with us, Randy and Janelle. I'll let you say welcome real quick. It is great to be on. We love the Sarpetas. Sarpetas are also a family we experienced at Camp many summers ago at uh, there in Conway, Arkansas. I'll never forget that, man. That's how we hooked up. And then we came to our church and had an incredible missions jubilee. And we experienced the Sharpetas, and we are glad and thankful for that experience, I right, think. That's right. Never forget the Sharpetta song at our mission oh. jubilee, the Eagle. Yeah. <laughs> the Eagle oh, song. No. Can't oh. forget that one. And Callie thinks about her often. I know we've had conversations about how she's looking forward to seeing her again one day, but I can't believe I did. I didn't know I did the Eagle song there. You didn't do there. that very often. I didn't do it very often, brother. You didn't have a problem doing it at our church because we had deaf people there. So you knew at least some of the crowd would be offended. So, uh, <laughs> you know what it is, honestly? Yeah, I jumped out of the 
Right. Well, first, first, how did how does somebody now we're on video, but our listeners will not uh, be watching. Okay, we don't record this yet visually. So describe uh, how do you sign that screech? Uh, you would you would probably I don't even, I don't think I was interpreting that because usually other people do songs, but what you do is you'll try to just like the sound catches you off guard by making you scared, a really good interpreter will just all of a sudden explode their hands real big or something just to make the deck go whoa what did okay. I just miss there oh that's so yeah. good they that- could- that makes yeah. perfect sense. And then would there be would there be a couple phrases of explaining what just happened? Or would you yes. just go on? Yeah, a lot of times you Right. Well no, you probably explain a little bit of what would happen because the deaf and hearing world their, their jokes and their idioms a lot of times are different. And sometimes you can ask my wife too, when you're interpreting, sometimes you have to spend a few extra seconds of explaining what the hearing people just said and explain why they're laughing because they'd be like, What's so funny about that? You're gonna explain it to them. Yeah. Right. And especially if you're a hundred percent deaf and you've never heard a sound in your life, you don't understand right. what's the difference between a melody and a screech. That, that concept right. doesn't even make any sense. That's interesting. Right. Well, they, I was going to say, I didn't do that at many places and I'm not the original te- joke teller. I mean, teller of that joke, but the only reason I did it at a few churches and the reason I did it with your church, and this is a compliment is because we felt comfortable. Yes. That says that said a whole lot about your church that I felt comfortable enough to do that. So I guess a belated thank you and thank you for remembering that, Janelle. That's very sweet. That's awesome. Well, uh, you you know, I mean, not to I know that you guys have a lot of fun with us, but seriously go a little spiritual angle. I'll never forget what you meant to our church that week too because you we had a man in our church that was getting ready to go to heaven, cancer, Columbia Hospital, and you me Two deaf missionaries that were with us, Fred Adams and Rocky Hall, drove up to Columbia, uh, uh, visited them in the VA hospital, member, And you guys sang to him, and he played the guitar. And then, if, like a week or two later, he went to heaven. And I appreciate him. I just, yeah. that's something you just never forget. You know, it's sometimes it's when you get around those kinds of memories where it's a sad memory, you never forget it. It was a blessing, too, because he went to heaven. And you we were a big part of that, Brother Sharp. But in fact, Margaret, his wife, talks about that from time to time. Wow. That's a privilege to have been there. And it meant a lot to that you guys led us to be a part of your ministry. Whenever we were traveling, it was it was special when a church would allow us to to get right in. And there's times when the church wants you to clock in where you come and it's like, all right, you're gonna go visiting from two to two or you know not two to two, twelve to two or something, when they want you to clock in, then there's the hey, we have this need and you would be a blessing. And maybe this is somebody who can't come to our, our meeting, but they love missionaries. And that was the situation, I think, you know? Yeah. And so that's always special to be able to be a part of that. And I remember there was also a man in the hallway and uh yeah. we ended up singing the God on the mountain. And that man was a world war two veteran. Yes. I remember that. And we sang God on the mountain to him and he really appreciated that. And his family was there. And I'll never forget that as well. Your church was such a blessing to us. Now I'll, I'll finish with this, uh, with as far as ministry goes, but, uh, I'll never forget. There's many things your church did for us, but the one that meant the most to me personally is not what you did for our kids. They can have, they can be thankful for that. I won't be thankful for that. What I was thankful <laughs> for is uh, you took all the the men 
to was it JC Penney's or one of those the alerts maybe and you said I want to buy all of you men a watch now churches don't do this this is not normal he said I just want to buy you guys something frivolous I just want to buy you a watch and I was in dire need at this time I was in dire need of a pair of shoes and I did not my my feet were hurting in the shoes I had and I said brother I said I don't need a watch but if you wouldn't mind, I would love to get a pair of shoes. And uh, you said absolutely uh, to that. And I got those pair of shoes, and those carried me throughout deputation, right? Now, yes, sir. I love that, and that was such a blessing, fulfilling that need. But now i got to tell you a regret I have. In the past, mm-hmm. since COVID, I've taken up a hobby of collecting watches. He has. <laughs> and, and I don't collect wow. super expensive watches, but I missed an opportunity to get a watch that, com- yeah. that would have commemorated that deputation time. But the need was fulfilled, and that's what I needed. So I praise the Lord for it. But isn't that crazy? That's like something I think back. I'm like, oh, man, that would have been really cool to have something from those days. But, but there's another fella in your church that was a blessing to me as well. And uh, he gave me something to remember uh, that I appreciate very much. I'll tell you what that was after we get off. I don't know if you remember that or not. But um, anyways, we're here with Randy and Janelle. Let's move on. (laughs) And if you've listened to any of our early podcasts, you'll know that this is a time for me and Trista to not do anything ministry uh, emphasized or ministry minded. And and we're, you know this, uh, being in the ministry, it's everything about us. It's our whole life. Your whole schedule and everything is around that, rightfully so. But yet you still take time out to take your wife out to eat or go on a date somewhere and not talk about the ministry, right? And maybe you might even say that. I don't want to talk about the ministry. I don't want to talk about people. I just want to be with you. But you, you know? usually end up talking about But you usually, <laughs> that's right. Yeah. You do. Yeah. But during, again, there's three things that happened that I took up during COVID when you couldn't go anywhere. One of them was this podcast for me and Trista. The other one was I started riding a motorcycle. And then the third one was uh, collecting watches, timepieces. So with this idea of us doing, this is our podcast, even though I tend to talk more because I'm a talker. It's just natural. <laughs> yeah. The, her, this is us just talking explicitly uh, with one another and all the time, oftentimes we have to remind ourselves to be real, but that's what we want to be with you all. And so we're going to set aside the ministry and we're going to talk about family. And when you say what, I wonder what we're going to talk about. We love talking about family dynamics, the future of our family decisions we have to make. Um, and when we have a couple on that we so respect, like the two of you, and we're going to talk about some of that stuff in a minute, we really would love, love to get feedback and some inside the Dignan family dirt, maybe, you know, like inside the nitty gritty, not what everybody <laughs> sees on Instagram, you know. So there's going to be people uh, that listen to this. We don't know what they're going through. I can only tell you that not trying to be a blessing. We have not done this podcast to be a blessing. We've done it purely selfishly for our enjoyment. But 
we do praise God that even when we do something for each other, that he can still bless a good testimony. And, and, and he has done that through this uh, podcast in that people have been encouraged in different areas of their life, even if it's in something as, as silly as exercising, Randy. You know, I think those were the ones that you were listening to. And even if it's something like that where I've already fallen off the wagon, I'll just tell you, I'm, I'm walking with Trista. We're walking two miles a day, and that's what we're doing. But as far as push-ups go, I fell off that wagon. But I completed my goal. So I don't feel like... You did your 30-day like, challenge. I did my 30-day challenge. It's just I, I meant to keep yeah. up with it. I meant to keep up with it, and I honestly just forgot. It wasn't a 1,000 push-ups a day. Yeah, guys... <laughs> And I'll let you guys talk in a minute here, but this is the guy that that responded to, and I think your son responded as well, Grant. They responded to our post that he did, and you can tell us more about this, Randy, but you did a thousand push-ups in a day for how long? Six months. Every day. Six days a week. Six days a week. Sunday. Rested yes. on Sunday. Every day. A thousand push-ups. I don't even know how that's possible. How do you schedule something like that? Well, what I, what I did back then was I'd get up around 5 a.m. And uh, I blocked off 5 to 7 a.m. And I actually, we always make a big deal of the push-ups, but I actually did a thousand push-ups and a thousand squats, too. What I would do is I would do a hundred push-ups, 200 squats, and a hundred push-ups. And then I would take a break and read my Bible for a while. And I guarantee you this, you ain't falling asleep reading your Bible. You've done 200 push-ups and 200 squats just a few minutes ago. And I would do five sets of that. And it usually took me about an hour or ten, an hour and 10 minutes to get all that done. And then I would box for a while. And then by 7 a.m., I'd be showered and head to the office. So it was just, it took me two hours to have my devotion to do a thousand push a thousand squats and box for a bit. And I, I did it for uh, six months, probably, probably 10, 11, 12 years ago. A long time. And I was, it got me an amazing state. Uh, I still do a lot of push ups and planks and stuff. I did planks and boxes this morning a little bit, but I, I haven't done a thousand push-ups a day in a while. I, I got up to 500 push-ups, but I kind of burned my muscles out. So they oh, said that's wow. a little strange. That's incredible. It was, it was a great experience. I thousand did it. Didn't miss one day for six months. No matter where I was, it didn't matter. I just did it. Except wow. Sunday, six Sundays off. I, I got to ask uh, Janelle, what did you think about your husband's new bod through all that? <laughs> When was that? Was that when you were 30? Yeah, he liked it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he, he got real thin during that time. <laughs> yeah. You can, you're doing a thousand business today. You can eat whatever you want. It doesn't matter. Cause, yeah. You know, I've thought about grandpa like, Dad, you got to get back to doing that now. I'm like, man, I don't know. 46 years old, man. He's, I'm not as young as Things I used change. to be. I don't know. That's the, <laughs> hard, <laughs> that's the hardest thing with working out for me. Well, not the hardest thing. The hardest thing is being lazy. Let's be honest with anybody who doesn't want to work out. It's just. <laughs> It's anybody, anybody, you know, I'm not alone in yeah. this. It's just pure laziness. And, uh, but the eating thing, I love, love food, right? I don't need to gorge myself necessarily. Yeah. I just love the flavor of food and different things. And I was picky as a kid and I'm, I'm now reverting to like the opposite of picky. It's incredible. So, yeah. Well, I, you know, traveling, traveling certain people would tell me a lot of, I try to do intermittent fasting. That's, you know, I eat in a, I'm back on it right now where I eat in a seven-hour window and fast 17 hours. That that helps. And I lose weight pretty quickly if I stay consistent with that. But I'm getting ready to hit my travel season. I just I have to make my watch. Speaking of watches, yeah. I have to make my watch my boss. I look at my watch and I say, no, my watch says, no, I can't eat right now. My watch says, I can't eat. 
you know, when I fix it, it works, but that's kind of sticking to it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, Janelle, do you do any kind of exercising? I do. do I do a little bit of calisthenics and I walk every day. Okay. That's that, about the extent. I'm a fan of walking. Yes. I love to walk. <laughs> yeah. Of course, I'm because the are so bad. Yeah. <laughs> but. Yeah, we do walking as well. Um, that's what we've been doing. I'm, trying to get I'm not a big walker. I'm not a, I'm, I, my, I get my cardio from boxing. He needs to do cardio. He needs to I walk with bike. Yeah, she wants to do the walk with her, but she doesn't get up as early as I do. He, so. he thinks he's not old enough to walk. Yeah, see, I always thought walking for old people, man. That's like, that's like people at the mall, you know, if you go to the mall, only grandma and grandpa walk around. No, no disrespect to any of the elderly that are listening. I thought you're walking, keep it up. But I just keep that Or you guys, that's right. Or my wife. Shut up on the head. Well, you know. Me and Trista spend a lot of time together walking. That's one of the main reasons we're doing two miles is to get out of the house and get our day started with some exercise, waking our bodies up. So that's part of the reason. I say. If you're going to walk, walk early in the day. I don't want to walk in the heat of the day. She would rather walk in the evening. So she has had to come to my side of that. But then again, sometimes we miss the morning and then we end up having to walk in the evening. Like today, we'll probably have to walk in the evening. So we like it. But, you know, I think about you walking, Randy. And for our listeners who don't know Randy Dignan, just picture a gorilla trying to walk <laughs> next, to, next to his trainer. Just picture that, and then you'll see why he doesn't want to walk, okay? He's... No. Uh, but... yeah, say that again, Janelle. Next subject. <laughs> he said it would help me short. Next subject. No, right, right, right. <laughs> so I not, and for everybody listening, uh, if you can't hear them very well, it's because we're on Zoom, and we don't have microphones on that end. So just be patient and uh, understanding and uh, just – Try to be in a quiet place and you'll get some, maybe you'll get a lot of the context here. All right. So we just want to ask you guys some questions. And if you want to take a rabbit trail at any time, feel free to, but I'm going to let Trista ask some of these questions. So just so, cause the people like to hear her voice. And so Trista, what's the first question you have for this family? Now, before we start, I guess we should say you have four children and you can tell us their ages and their names, if you don't mind, or any part of that, that you want to give us. Briella's our oldest. She's 22. Mariana is 20. Grant is 17. And Clara, the baby, is 14. They just yesterday, right? Just yesterday, they were this big. Man, mm -hmm. crazy. All right, so Trista, what's the first question you have there? All right, so since we are friends on Instagram, I noticed that you just celebrated 24 years pastoring at your church, Bible Baptist Church in Jefferson City, Missouri. So my question would be, what do you love most about your church? I think one of the things we've tried to create is an atmosphere where what you see is what you get. Everybody's genuine. And I, I really think that's what I love most. And I think because the people, for the most part, are genuine, um, they're real. I mean, they're real. They're, they're not afraid to tell you their strengths, faults, and weaknesses, and all the above. But I think the more, because they are so genuine, it allows God to work for you. Because God has a more difficult time working in the midst of feigned faith or, you know, the anything that's fake. And so I, I love the fact that our church is genuine and real. What you see is what you get. You've been there. I mean, 
it is pretty much a what you see is what you get kind of a church. Yeah. And a lot of, I mean, a lot of people have been there since the beginning. Not a lot, but there's still a group of people have been there. And they've grown up with, they've had kids, and their kids have grown up with ours. And it's, you know, it's almost like family. Because, you know, once you are with people that long, you get very, you know, close. Yeah, for so, sure. I love that about our church. For sure. Good answers. Uh, second question here. You travel often and you do a lot of summer camps and your season, as you say, is starting back up into summer camps. And you also uh, do a lot of other speaking engagements, especially in uh, a deaf ministry. I know you're one of the top. Uh, you probably need a booking agent at this time uh, to get you know those, those meetings booked because I know you do a lot in that uh, ministry. But uh, of course, we know the answer to this, but we want to ask you, does your family travel with you? And uh, the benefits maybe of that. Yeah, years ago I decided that if the Lord was going to allow me to travel, He opened up that door. You know, I didn't seek it out; He just opened it up. I decided I was going to take them with me. And the Lord was good to us to last be centrally located in Missouri because we can get to half of America within a ten-hour drive, more east, southwest. Um, and every January I'd sit my family down and ask them, "Do you want me to take the meetings?" Or no, and they loved it. Um, and so for years, I mean, years and years, they traveled in probably 90% of my meetings. And then the other 10, the other 5% would be just me and my wife or me and one of the kids. And then there's only like maybe 5% of the time I travel alone. Now that they're getting older, the dynamics are changing a little bit. You know, my daughter's on the cleaning business. So they're a little bit more selective. They might say like, I'm not going to that place. I've been in the problem this place, you know? So it is changing a little bit, but, uh, I just decided a long time ago that I think, I think that the independent Baptist church made a big mistake. And I say this with all due respect, but the previous generation taught that you probably had to choose family or ministry. And I disagree with that biblically. And I said, no, it's not family or ministry, it's family and ministry. And uh, you said something about, you know, how the dynamics of our family, we are real too. And and this past, this past Sunday was neat. We had a Sunday morning service, a dinner on the grounds, and then a soft grand opening of our new gymnasium that just got completed. And we had an afternoon service. So we got back home Sunday evening, all six of us, and we sat here upstairs and talked for four hours. And I love what you said earlier about how that the hospital visit wasn't forced. You know, a lot of times Christianity is forced. It's not like they're family. We don't have forced family devotionals. Some people might criticize me for that. But it was in that natural flow of four hours. We made fun of church members. We, <laughs> we, uh, <laughs> we, we talked about the Bible. We talked about Rana's new boy. We talked about we take fun of each other, which that's very common in our family. We laughed we just before I before I about like that, and we just had a good time, you know. And, and there were spiritual issues, you know, it wasn't forced. And you know, when you make it, when you make it real. So I heard a quote a long time ago: "Children do good by what you say; they do better by what you do; but they do best by who you are." Mm-hmm. And the more we are real and genuine, and they see it in our daily lives. Uh, it, the real, more real it gets to them, and that that's been one of our big visions and missions for our lives. Is that right? Okay, you want to add that? That's amazing. Um, you actually answered the second part of that question, so thank you. That was just flowed so well. And that question was, how do you balance ministry and family time? And I think I think putting them together is just that, and doing those things together. So thank you for that. What were you pointing to? It kind of leads into this question we had here. The third one or, um, or the, the fourth? fourth one? Okay. Your children seem to truly enjoy being in the ministry with you from what we've been able to tell. Um, we often see kids that grow up in the ministry and they resent it. Um, do you have any advice other than what you've already given to other ministry families about this topic? 
I think a lot of parents make the mistake that are in the ministry of coming home and dumping everything that's gone wrong in the ministry, everything that's bad, all these people that are doing, you know, talking against them. And it's one thing my husband always said, we're not going to come home and talk about that at home. We're only going to talk about the good things in the ministry. And of course, now that they're older, they see it right. for themselves. They know it. But that wasn't our focus when, when the kids were little. We tried to shield them from that. So they just thought the ministry was great. They only saw the good part of it. They didn't see the negative. And um, of course, now they realize there are negatives, but it's never been our focus. And I yes. think that's the biggest thing that I would want to say. What about you? Yeah, so here's where my oldest girl came to me. She heard something negative and she was dead. Wow, when did this start? And I just kind of smiled. She goes, you just never told us about it all these years. And I'm like, oh, baby, we just didn't want to, you know. And, and again, like, even as my wife says, we yes, there are negatives in ministry, but there are far more blessings. And we just decided a long time ago, we were just going to make it fun. And all four of our kids will tell you that, that they love it. And they still, they love it now, so we praise the Lord for that. That's, and that's a grace of God. He's been good. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You're, and so <laughs> your your kids, all right, they seem very real, very genuine in what they do. It says, I'm, I'm going to say, I just got a message on my computer I'm going to read to you guys. It says, this meeting will end in 10 minutes. Upgrade now to remove the 40-minute time limit. Oh, no, I don't want to upgrade now. <laughs> Stop it. Oh, no. Ooh. All right, I'm back. Uh, so after in a few minutes, we'll have to reset this to finish this out. Um, so your kids seem very, very real. Um, they they enjoy each other far too much from what a brother and sister is supposed to enjoy each other. Okay, there's something <laughs> odd going on in your family. We don't know what it is. They seem like they're best friends, and I love. I have seven brothers and sisters. I have seven. I love each and every one of them. But I'm not any of their best friends, and they're not any of mine. We would do anything for one another. We get along just fine. We're all Christians, so that helps a whole lot. But your kids seem especially close. And so have you done anything um, specifically to nurture that relationship um, with them? Um, or And we haven't really gotten into your family history of being a CODA and, and coming from deaf homes, both of you, we haven't really gotten into that. So maybe does any of that, those relationships of having to be so confrontational in your communication and not yelling across the house, but you got to be face to face, you know, do any of those things go into the closeness that they experience with one another? Or is it all fake on Instagram and really they hate one another? <laughs> <laughs> No, it's it's real. I mean, we're, I mean, we're not lying. It's it is real. My kids, we are. They have buses. Trust me. It's, I used to tease all the time going. We didn't get cable TV for ten years because my entertainment was watching my kids fight. And my wife would be like, "Break that fight up." I'm like, "I will in a minute. It's not bloody yet, you know." So I'm not worried about. It. And uh, they entertain me many times for the years. Uh, but it is real. They really do. Jet. My my kids call each other their best friends and all that stuff. Um, and especially Brielle, she has probably five hundred thousand best friends. She calls everybody her best friend. But we. Uh, but I, I think I think growing up in the deaf world did help me a little bit. Uh, we were because my parents and sister were deaf. My brother and I were hearing. We had a very very tight closeness. It was a very close. Plus we moved a lot because my dad's different job opportunities and deaf schools, and that kind of transcended into our family. But I also think all the travels help when you're in the when you, when you know how it is when you're on a deaf station. When you're in a vehicle for six eight ten hours in a day. 
you're going to make it fun, you're going to make it miserable. We finally decided it's a lot more fun to make it fun, right? And uh, living in all these camps and conferences, and also just getting to experience the Christian life together, is, I think, has been really, really big, big beneficial, a beneficial help to our family. Well, plus homeschooling. We were together all the time, so they didn't really have a choice. They wanted a friend. They had to be friends with their siblings, but... That's so, it. you know, we're together a lot, and we do things, we did everything together. I mean, go on a field trip, the whole family's going, you know, it's not just a certain age group like you do in schools, and they're going, you know, when they go to school, they go their separate ways with their friends mm-hmm. and everything, but when you're homeschooled, I mean, you are the school. Yeah. So, I don't know, just being together so much, I think, has helped with that. Yeah, yeah. well, yeah. Your, your family's special. Mm-hmm. And uh, seeing even your brother Nick over there in Texas, you know, uh, he has he seems to have the same spirit as you have. And I think it probably comes from what leading into the next question here from what we know about you that you've published. um, We're going to talk about your book in a minute, but we see a lot of the love that you guys share with one another and your families. We see that from your parents. And so we're going to get into this fifth question and then two more closing things that we want to mention right after this. For those of you that, I've had it recording this whole time, so I hope we didn't say anything when they were gone. (laughs) That'd be embarrassing. Uh, We had to reconnect Zoom. So for anybody listening, that's what I meant when I said, when we come back. Um, All right. And so let's see this. Last one leading into what we were just talking about, you wrote a book uh, called Heart Language. And Randy, is this your first book that you've ever written? Yes, sir. All right. We read, we read the book, love the book. Uh, we actually talked about your book and reviewed it here on Explicitly Us uh, a year ago. We maybe? also gave it out as Christmas gifts last year. Last year, this was our church Christmas gift at our church. I Thank you. Yep, that was, that was awesome. And uh, we talked about it, which a lot of people responded back and said that they uh, bought the book. So I still haven't received any royalties, but I'm holding out. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, oh, yeah. no, the, uh, the book is great. I guess we just want to know, first of all, what prompted you to write it? Maybe we'll start there and lead into some of these other things we want to ask you. Yeah, I, I um, I started to get a burden several years ago about you know leaving a mark in your ministry. Meaning, you know, like we still talk about the Apostle Paul today, not because the Apostle Paul was a great man, although he was, but because of his love and passion for Christ. And so, I I love this technology. I love this podcast idea because you you both are leveraging yourself. Once you make this podcast, it's there forever. People can listen to it a hundred years from now. Jesus carries. And that's why I make all my video devotionals. You've seen those before on Instagram and Facebook and all that stuff. Once it's out on the tech world, it's there forever. But I wanted to still do a little old school book. And, but I wanted one that would, you know, really kind of fit the, the need of the world today and also talk about the death. One day I was just reading along in John 7. I read that verse where the, the, the chief priests and scribes sent officers to arrest Jesus. And, you know, they, they came back empty handed and they were like, why didn't you arrest him? And he said, never man spake like this man. I got intrigued by that statement. And that's when I began to really start to figure out that Jesus spoke a different language, a language that Christians probably need to speak more of nowadays. That's not necessarily English or Aramaic or Spanish or French, but not the heart language. 
And I thought, wow, what a perfect opportunity to kind of marry those. It was just getting the Holy Spirit just working all the details on the background. And then to marry that into also a book that would expose the, the hearing world, and I say this not in a mean way, but the very ignorant hearing world that does not know of this deaf world. And and it was also an opportunity to honor my parents. And, you know, we give portions of the book. We have given portions of the book to my parents and the missions and the proceeds from the book. I mean, proceeds, yeah, thanks, babe. And um, uh, it's, just been, it's just been amazing. It was a God thing. There's no doubt. My wife testified to that. God really put it together. My parents are very touched. And it's, it's really, it's really gone. I mean, we want it to go bigger. We wish it go more global. I wish more, but it's slowly, you know, I had, a, I had an interesting interview today with a deaf world TV program that wants to feature me and my book and the story on to like millions of accounts. I'm like, well, we'll see. I don't know what God's going to do with that. And we put that in his hand, but anyway, I just think the world needs a little bit more hard language. Yeah. Uh, that's really exciting to hear. And the book the, the idea of heart language is awesome, and you have a, maybe a little bit more insight into anybody who's bilingual has more insight into how emotions and, and feelings can 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 um, transfer, you know, within languages and slightly differently. But yet there's some like love, right, can be covered, can be felt by somebody without even speaking to them. Um, now, coming from a Coda family and explain to our listeners who may not, who, who I, I know, understand your definition of ignorance here, a very technical use of the word. So explain what is a coda and maybe how you grew up, maybe real quick so we don't take more of your time. Yes, sir. I'm a, I'm a coda. Coda stands for child of deaf adults. Most codas have deaf parents that are only first generational deaf because most deafness is caused by just an illness or high fever or an ear infection. But in my family, it's genetic. Um, there's no doubt it's genetic. And so my sister is was fourth generation, and now my niece, her daughter, is fifth generation. So CODA is a child of a deaf adult. So I'm actually all of them. There's actually a whole bunch of an acronyms. There's NODA, niece, nephew. There's CODA, cousin. There's also a GODA, grandchild. I'm all of them. You know, I'm literally, I have deaf grandparents, deaf aunts, deaf uncles, deaf cousins. We've had a deaf dog one time. I mean, it's like <laughs> deafness everywhere where we were. And I'm thankful for that. But that was a God thing again. So Dakota means child of death and no. Yeah. That makes you, when you're all those acronyms, it makes you the GOTA. <laughs> <laughs> now, we tried to come up with one for Yoda, but you know. No, yeah, that would be awesome. <laughs> uh, now, Janelle, do I understand right or remember right that you're deaf or partially deaf? Me? Yeah. No, I'm here. I thought you were partially deaf. I don't know. <laughs> You should ask. She's got an amazing story because when we got married, she knew zero sign. Yeah, I, didn't, I wasn't even exposed to deaf people. She only met a deaf person one time in life. They lost there. Well, not one time, but I knew. Now she's fluent, so yeah. you should tell us about that. No, you should tell <laughs> us because Janelle, my. I, I completely did not know this. I thought you came from a deaf family as well. And so you'll have oh, to no. you'll have to fill this in real quick. I know everybody's going to be very interested. So take your time and fill us in. <laughs> Yeah, I didn't know any sign language when we started dating, and I remember he, him teaching me, uh, hi, how are you, nice to meet you, and the first time I met his parents, I did that, I did those signs, and they just started signing to me, I'm like, oh, <laughs> I was freaking out, but yeah, the first year of marriage was a little rough, my husband wouldn't interpret for me, so we'd go over to their parents' house, and I would sit there while they all chatted, oh, man. <laughs> and he just got to learn, so it was kind of a... Um, you just threw it in the water. Yeah, threw it in yeah. the water. 
I picked it up pretty quickly. <laughs> I knew my ABCs pretty well, so once I could um, fingerspell, they could tell me what all the signs were. So, And then they threw me into interpreting before I even knew sign language. <laughs> we were going to this church, and he's getting, what does he have, tennis elbow or tendonitis or something in his elbow? So he couldn't interpret long periods of time, and he's like, well, you just did the singing and the announcements. So I'm like, I don't even know half of the words. <laughs> he's like, we'll, we'll feed it, we'll feed you. And I'm like, okay, so... <sighs> That's how I got introduced to it. <laughs> now she's fluent and all four of our kids are fluent. Right yeah, of course. You're, and your kids are so special when they do it. Uh, for, for our listeners who don't know the Dignan family, um, when they sing, which you guys sound beautiful, we still listen to your CD in the car. And when they, yeah, when, when uh, uh, what's the littlest one's name again? Clara. Clara. Clara, Clara. is on there. So little. What's that song she sings on there? My mama told me. Oh man! So we we started singing that song um, yeah. on deputation yeah. because of from Clara that, from, from that, that CD, and uh, we still sing it today. But Clara sounds so tiny <laughs> on there. Uh, anyways, <laughs> so now your four children are all uh, have perfect hearing, or are any of them? Um, Deaf a little bit, no, good, and so they're they're no, completely they're completely fluent though, and I know some of them even um, uh, I want to say translate, but interpret. that's not interpret interpret in church, right? And they do that as well. Yes. Oh, so what I was going to say is when the family sings, uh, Randy always interprets in sign, um, and I think it's safe to say, Randy, if there was not a deaf person in the crowd, you would still interpret and sign wouldn't you i think you guys would i have yeah and it so yeah it's an amazing thing to see if you've never seen a gorilla no sign language it's an amazing <laughs> thing to do that uh no honestly i i me and randy had a personal conversation one time at missions conference and i asked him the question because when you see people <coughs> sign when you see men sign it's very effeminate and I was talking to Randy, I said, how do you, a very, I mean, this guy would play in a movie with like Stallone or Schwarzenegger and be like, he would be with him. He's, he's tough, he's big, he's bulky, he's muscular, he's a man's man, right? And yet he gets up there and he signs with passion. But it's not effeminate passion, but very... He doesn't look gay. He doesn't look gay, that's right, Janelle. <laughs> She said it, ladies and gentlemen. Praise the Lord. And so it's it, he looks like a man. He looks like a man doing it. And so we had this conversation. And I guess you probably don't remember, but I, I made that statement. And you said something to the effect of, yeah, men need to understand that you can still be a man when you sign language, when you sign. Is there, do you want to add anything to that? Yeah, you know, um, it is. The sign language falls into the artsy realm of professions, just like you don't see a whole lot of masculine men that are beauticians, right, or, or do toenails and fingernails. That's more in the artsy realm. And so sign language does fall into the more artsy realm of professions, whether it's interpreting or, or some dramatic sign language. But obviously my brother and I had the advantage of the fact that we grew up with it being our native language. And so I think it, it draws, like, if you, if, like, for example, most men, most preachers that I know out there, Usually, are masculine men, and they—I I can probably only count on one hand how many of them have made a pretty valiant effort to try to learn sign language. 
they have a burden for the dad, but they'll reach, they'll usually try to hire somebody to come interpret it, they'll find a lady that can sign. And so I think just me and my brother had the plus that we were born into it. You know, we were born and raised. It was actually, my, according to my parents, it was my native language. English is my second language because I was the firstborn. My brother was kind of bilingual at the same time because he had me talking to him and my parents signing him and I was signing him too. So I think that's why, it, and it can be signed in a masculine way. It can be. It really can be. And I think native deaf or native users of it uh, have proven that to be years. Yeah, and you just don't want to get to a point where people start com- complimenting you, Janelle, and telling you that you sign in a very masculine way. You just don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. That'd be rough. Yeah, so that, that's amazing. I love, I love the whole world. And to your point of men not wanting to learn sign language, I can tell you that as somebody who's tried to learn Spanish, um, the common feeling in learning a second language is – you have to be willing to feel, sound, and look stupid, right, for a very long time, like a child. And let's be honest, it's very hard for a man who thinks of himself as a man's man, a leader of a church, a leader of a family, a leader, a leader, 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 to then talk like a three-year-old, right, for a period, for a period of time. So that I think that's probably why it's more difficult for men to be vulnerable to mistakes yeah. and just being open to that. Um, all right, so, so that's a great point. Thank you. Thank you. So for the sake of time, I would love to talk to you longer. We have nothing to do, but I can't because I, I try to respect people's time. Um, so I want to ask you two fun questions and I want them to be fun. Don't take them as um, Tristan never liked these questions. He asks these questions to every guest we have. Every. And, I, and I've tried to not <laughs> ever. Yeah, I've never not had a, a guest that didn't bring their spouse. I had one guest uh, that didn't have a spouse, but um, thank you for both being here. And and uh, hopefully we can do this again because I know there's a lot more we could talk about. But here's the thing. Uh, marriage questions. I want you each to tell us something that you love about the other. <laughs> Who's first? <laughs> we did. We just talked about this today. Literally, we had a date last night, so it's Aww. funny because I'm traveling tomorrow. Okay, speaking uh, uh, in Tennessee, so Grant's going with me on this trip. Um, go ahead, you ladies first. <laughs> okay, so the thing that probably attracted me the most to my husband is, um, and I thought this through a lot, and I just was on my walk thinking about this just a few minutes ago, and um, I said, I think what it boils down to is I love this passion his passion for the Lord, mostly he didn't have apathy like so many men I grew up with. And um, he was passionate. And then also he was a leader. I love that about him. And he's passionate about life. Just, I think his passion is in one word. That would be the way, yeah. the thing I loved about him the most. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty easy. Yeah. I mean, obviously she's beautiful to me. I mean, I love, I think she's beautiful. But I've, I've always loved her sweet spirit. And when I first started dating her, I remember her mom, my mother, who's a good God, a Christian lady in Pennsylvania, Judy Lewis is her name, and her dad, Mike Lewis. They've been, they've been married 57 years, you know, 58, 58 this year, yeah. And uh, she always told me from the day when she was, you're going to really love the fact that all my, you know, all my kids and all the people I've been around, and I've got one of those sweetest spirits you'll ever see. And it's so true. She just has a sweet, steady spirit, which is why it's been so easy to travel so easy to do the ministry. She just doesn't complain. She's always got the sweet spirit and I so appreciate her sweet spirit all these years and still been, we'll be married 25 years this July 
Well, we we can confirm both of those things uh, in, in both of you. Miss Janelle is very sweet, and Randy is very real. I, 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 I'm going to just be honest with you guys because we're trying to be explicitly us here, but um, one thing that I, I've complimented you on, Randy, behind your back is your realness to what Janelle said in, in what was the word she used? Passion. Passion. A lot of men get up in the pulpit and it's like a switch gets turned on. They're, 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 they're docile and they're quiet and they're, you know, they're this or that, whatever. Um, they're indifferent. And then they get behind the pulpit and they open their Bible and they start praying. And as if they put on a persona, right? They turn into a different person. And I'm only saying this because I was raised in the ministry and I've seen it time and time again. But yet what struck me when I met you for the first time is, and people say this, but it's not always true with everyone. People say, oh, he's the same in the pulpit as out of the pulpit. Not exactly, right? It's not always the true. But with Brother Randy, it is the same. It is the same in the pulpit, out of the pulpit. The passion is there to a annoying, right? To an annoying level. Like, <laughs> do you drink coffee, brother? No, I hate coffee. That's <laughs> why everybody teases that. If I drink coffee, it gets worse. Oh, my goodness. Don't ever drink coffee. Don't do it. <laughs> You'd what, be doing backflips instead was, of cartwheels. <laughs> what was that name? What was the name of that guy, that Australian uh, zoologist that died? What was his name? Steve Irwin. Steve oh. Irwin. Steve was, Irwin. Was a funny yeah, guy. guy. Funny oh, guy. Yeah, I've been called I've been called the independent Baptist Steve Irwin by yeah. many people. Yes. <laughs> when you that's who I think about oftentimes. And Steve Irwin was doing an interview and somebody asked him if he's if he drinks coffee. He said, I know. I tried it one time. And he's like, that was like he said it was like seven years ago or something. He's like, and it's still I, I still haven't gotten off it, you know. <laughs> <laughs> it was funny. I always think of you. But in the, in that realness, here here's the other thing that I always tell people because you do something every time you preach out. I don't think you do it every time you preach in your church, but every time you're a guest, I think it's expected that you do a cartwheel while you preach. <laughs> now, I've never been one for antics. Now, it's like you understand – I've never been one to do something or, or care if somebody does something. And I know why you do it, you know. Um, but here's what I've tell, told people, because a lot of people will get up in the pulpit and put on a show. They put on, they, it's a show. They do things, they say things to get a rise, right, um, to be remembered. But what I say about you is if you, not you, to other people, if you were as real as this man that I've seen, in the pulpit, out of the pulpit, you have every right to do a cartwheel because I'm pretty sure out in the parking lot, you'd be doing cartwheels out there too. If a, if a little kid walked up to you and said, hey, do a cartwheel, you'd be like, all right, and you'd do a cartwheel. And so it's literally the same in the parking lot as it is in the pulpit. And so that's why, Randy, if I can just be honest, that's why I'm okay with it. You know what I mean? And if I wasn't okay with it, you wouldn't do it, just so you know. I, I, you know, I, I hold the bar. I hold the standard to what you're allowed to do in your life. I hear you. No. Um, so then lastly. It's funny, you, it's funny you say that. When my son's football team won the National Championship last fall, um, the last, like, 15 seconds of the game, I jumped down the field. I was right on the sidelines. 
I left the bleachers and I was on the stand and I was like nervous as all get out. The other team had the ball. It was Grant had made a huge tackle on second down to stop them from getting the first down. Third down, the pass was incomplete. Fourth down, they came around Grant's side and Grant, he didn't get the tackle, but he forced the quarterback out of the pocket and then the quarterback was running toward the sidelines and his two teammates came up and made the game-saving tackle. So Grant was involved with it. And I, without even realizing it, I did a cartwheel on the sidelines onto the field to celebrate that. <laughs> it was, it was, I was like, I don't know where it came from. I just did a cartwheel. And people, people on the team talked about it at the, at, the, at the party. And they're like, we saw that on the field. You can actually see it on the video or whatever. Like, it just came out. Jazz, the joy comes Natural out. <laughs> the joy comes out and flipping your body upside down. Last, was it, two, it was probably two years ago now. Uh, it's been a while. We were out watching our kids practice baseball and Callie was little and she was doing a cartwheel and I, did you do a cartwheel? Yeah. And then Trista did a cartwheel and I'm sitting like the old man in the, in the lawn chair and I'm just watching them laughing and they're like, you do one daddy, you do one. I'm like, nah, I'm all right. And uh, they tried to get me to do, I said, all right, fine, I'll do one. And I got up and I knew I was a professional cartwheeler, but they didn't know. I was like, right. And so I got up and I did a cartwheel and Trista goes, and I'm going to, visually show you but everybody else won't see it because she went i was shocked she was so was shocked, shocked. She, her eyes got big she didn't know that i could do a cartwheel so good and so that's it was better than mine yeah man we, we don't mess around all right so last question is now i've changed this one for your sake i'll be honest because usually here's how i ask the question i say tell me something that you hate about your spouse now for your sake because you guys don't she hate the same answer. <laughs> oh they do have something she said it's the same answer his passion oh, oh okay yeah i can so, understand that here's how i reworded the question and then you guys can answer it however you want all right Something that you didn't like or you hated at one time and they have now worked on for you. So take that question however you want and give us some of the negatives that maybe you've had to work on or one thing that you're like, oh, I can't stand it when he or she does this. What do you think? I know what mine is. <laughs> oh, I know what yours is too. And she probably knows. I, I used to hate it. And she probably gets it all from her family. I call it the false biosity of the family. No. Well, we, we that was late. And that was like oh, oh, yeah. That, that's true. <laughs> Two things. One, <laughs> one, when I tell her she's beautiful or compliment her, she would always like, and I'd be like, babe, what you do is you say, thank you. <laughs> and so when my daughters came along, I was like, if you don't want me to say you're beautiful, I'll just tell my girls they're beautiful all the time. And my little girls would say, Thank you, Daddy. But she's gotten good at it now. Now she says, thank you, "Now she says, thank you, Daddy." Yeah. <laughs> and she rolls her eyes and says, "Thank you." Especially when he tells you when you're getting up out of the bed. It's so beautiful, babe. Yeah. It's true. Thanks. The second thing was, yeah, when we first got married, she was not very punctual. And I mean, I'd be like, "Babe, we're going to leave for Sunday school at eight forty. She'd get in the car at eight forty-two. And I would drive extra fast. And she's like, why are you driving so fast? I said, because you just cost me two minutes. <laughs> it's only two minutes. I said, I said 840. You know, oh, you should drive. That's me too. And even to this day, still, me and my kids are using the car first before she or Rihanna get in. But she has gotten a lot better. <laughs> a lot better. Now, you guys got yeah. that problem too? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, Trista, Trista has gotten better at it. And I've gotten better at not getting so upset. 
And the thing that did it yeah. for us, the thing that did it for us is be living here. It's a complete different type of keeping time. Uh, oh yeah. If I was in Please the, if I, I was in the States, it would be, it would be a lot different, you know, being more on time, but, um, yeah, Trista's the same way. I'm just really bad at time we, management. Well, here's the thing with, like, she gets me every time too. Sorry to interrupt you, Trista. She gets me every time and she'll say, well, if you ha- were helping with the kids, getting them ready, and if you had to put makeup on, and if you had to feed the kids, and if you had to help this one find their shoe, and you know, I'm like, all right, all right, all right I hear you. Okay, all right. <laughs> yeah, we had a few fusses. We had a few fusses through the years over that. Oh, yeah, you're, you're we had there. a few fusses through the years over time. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, yeah. All right, Janelle, what do you got? <laughs> okay. This is the one that came off the top of my head. It's his road rage. Uh, <laughs> really? It's bad road rage. I've also gotten better at that, though. But that all stems back to the passion, too. Yes. <laughs> so you're driving down the highway. Yes. You're on the left lane, and there's a semi-truck, and there's nobody behind you. Truck, just wait. Let me pass you first. And then they pull out front, and you're like, you know, and you got <laughs> I want to get places. Where I, don't, I don't. My kids know. If they, my kids warn our friends, their friends, they travel with me. If you need to go to the bathroom, you can tell my dad 45 minutes before because he'll pass every gas station until it's absolutely desperation time. Because I don't waste time. Yes. Go, 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 go. Yeah. I can talk about it from the pool, but I have had a road rage just for years. I've never gotten so bad at like pulled off, but I would never do that. But I have gotten very frustrated. You would it? No. never happened. I've never hit somebody yet. Not yet. Listen, <laughs> listen, you're just bad enough to where you can't put Bible verses on your car. Yeah, that's right. That's right. That's true. That's true. That is a good statement. Yeah. Yes, that's so how a, did I do with it? I just have to sleep while he's driving. I just yeah. sleep all the time. Yeah, just sleep. But he, I will say he's definitely improved. He's definitely mellowed with age, so. Getting older is, is a good thing. When I got back to the Philippines, we saw all of the same there. Yeah. The That'll calm you down. <laughs> well, nothing nothing bothers a person that grew up in certain states, because some states don't know how to drive, let's be honest. But yes. there's when that left lane is for passing, right? That's all it's for. <laughs> Get out of the lane. It's a passing yes. lane. And brother, I got to tell you where we live currently, that concept does not live here. And another thing, you know how the speed limit would be 60. And so we go 62, 63, right? They -hmm. take the speed limit very literal. And this is the fastest you can go. And so you can go 10 under and it's normal. You just can't go over 60, which we've, as Americans, we're like, okay, how fast can I go? Like, I'm gonna, right. I'm gonna max right. it out. But here, it's like, well, if the speed limit is 60, 55 is normal. 50, 55 is normal, and I'm like, no, it's not. And not only is it normal, but it's also normal in the left lane. <laughs> so, <Yeah. laughs> so there's a whole lot of passing on the right side and left side. You know, he's an aggressive driver. Uh-huh. Aggressive. That's the word yeah. I use. I, I don't mind. I don't mind that. But Trista, do you have any closing questions for them or closing remarks for them? I think we've covered it all. We really appreciate y'all coming on and speaking. Uh, we, 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 yeah, it's been fun. We, I wish we could get together more often. I really appreciate 
you and your faithfulness, what you're doing down there, and we're glad to call you friends. And it's been an honor to be on your podcast. I mean that. That's awesome. Uh, and th- tell the kids, if you would, that if it's okay with you guys, uh, we'd love to talk with them and get the the real story, the real dirt. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you have fun talking to them. Yeah, <laughs> and if you can get the two younger ones to talk, you'll, you'll be in there. The two older girls. They like to dominate conversations, but yeah, you should get those four on. It'd be a lot of fun. I've already thought that if we had them on, we'd do two at a time, two here and two there. That's a good idea. And then that way we might get more more from each one of them. So, That's hey, a good idea. thank you guys so much. Stand by one second while we close this out, all right? Love you guys. Love you too. Love you, Trista. Love you. Hey, wait a second. Did you know Explicitly Us is on Instagram? Just search explicitly underscore us, or you can find the link on the show description. You will be able to see photos and videos on the various topics and stories we share. Do you have any friends? Invite them to share in the fun too. Until next time, be happy, be blessed.